Hi, welcome to Drink Compatible. I'm Sammy. And I'm Kelsey. And this is a podcast about two best friends playing drinking games to our favorite movies. And this is the third one. Da da da. <laughs> and it's a good one. It's a pretty good one. It's Howl's Moving Castle. Today we're doing Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> uh, so this was at first a um, book by Dan- Diane, <laughs> Diane, I don't know. <laughs> Diana Wynn Jones. Diana Wynn Jones. I wasn't sure if it was Dane or Diane. I don't mm. know why I had Dane in my head. So we're doing Howl's Moving Castle, um, a 2004 Ghibli adaptation of the 1986, 1986. 1986 book by Diana Wynn Jones uh, of the same name. Two of my favorite pieces of media. They're very good. And we will, we will talk about... The similarities and differences? Oh, absolutely. That's got to come up. So this is... Oh, the, probably a good point to note. This is directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Um, yes, Ghibli film. So this is starring Emily Mortimer, Gene Simmons. No, not that one. Uh, Christian, Which one? The, the workout man. The one with the... Oh, my Leo God. <laughs> G-E-N-E? Yeah, I think so. And this Although... Is- Gotta say, I, if, if he did do this, he's got range. That'd be an interesting take. <laughs> so we've got Gene Simmons. Um, we have Christian Bale as mm-hmm. the eponymous Howl and uh, Billy Crystal. I gotta say, when I found out that that was Christian Bale, my mind kind of flatlined <laughs> a little bit years ago, years ago, but I, still. <laughs> I think it was it, uh, at least a good handful of years after I'd first seen the movie uh, that I that I put together. Oh, that's Batman. <laughs> see i thought the opposite when i saw him as batman oh that's howl no actually honestly first thought was that's the kid from the newsies no but it should have been i saw american psycho before i saw newsies <laughs> oh. uh, man, so we... you saw newsies and we're like ah that's the that's the he will soon grow up to be a psycho of America. <laughs> a Welsh psycho of America. Um, what's what's your experience with Miyazaki movies, Ghibli films? Well, um, extensive, I guess. I think, I think Howl's Moving Castle was actually one of my first uh, movies that I saw. I watched Spirited Away, as we all do, but... I think I watched that later. Some weird reason. I don't actually remember why. How was Moving Castle, though? I remember getting gifted that movie as a rental. Who gets a rental? <laughs> like, literally. That's an obligation. Hold on, hold on. How is that any different than giving someone flowers? Like because a rental? You, can, <laughs> you can let them die and then not have to pay someone for it. You don't have to tell Family Video what happened to... I was... Whoever's rental. Listen, I was a good God-fearing child, <laughs> and Blockbuster had me by the heart. I feared God, I feared Christ, and I feared the Blockbuster. <laughs> I didn't want to be blocked by that bus. <laughs> but um, yeah, I watched that movie because uh, specifically because I read the book. So um, I was looking forward to that. Lots of differences, but I can tell you right here, this fan loves both of them. I, I oh yeah, I actually did read both. At 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 someone insistence and yeah they're both very good. Uh, do they depart from each other about halfway ish? But like both good. Mm. So how about you? Uh, so I got into Miyazaki movies um by way of my friend David from elementary school. We would have sleepovers and just watch Miyazaki movies. It was basically our our tradition. And we the first one was uh, Princess Mononoke. Ooh, that's a good first. That's a a visceral first. Sure was. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I saw that and I was like, show me everything else. (laughs) You saw that and thought, hmm, these pigs, show me everything. Yeah, I saw saw those wild pigs and and was like, yeah, I gotta see more of that. Wild pigs can't be broken. Yeah, show me, who's the boy from that? Mm. Billy Crudup? Oh, it feels right. That might be right, actually. This is not Don't important. Don't look at me <laughs> with those trusting eyes. <laughs> anyway, we love my Miyazaki movies. I don't think I've I haven't seen like some of the um, like non-headliner ones, um, but I do want to. Uh, that's probably like Pompoko. I haven't seen Pompoko. 
I've seen. Um, here, we can go through like on one finger, on one hand. <laughs> Which ones I've seen? I've seen Howls. I've seen Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, Totoro, um, Ponyo. Ponyo. Oh, what a good one. Um, oh, that one in Japan. Great, the Fireflies, uh, Ghibli. Yes. Okay, that one too. Mm-hmm. I think so. It's like yes. Ghibli, but not Miyazaki. One of those. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, and uh, Secret World of Arietti. Oh, so that's one. One of the like, not deep cut, but like cut. rarer, undercooked. Not Under, under. I'd say undercooked. <laughs> if it's newer, it's undercooked. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that's it. Got yes. it. <laughs> Went through so many. <laughs> I have HBO Max. Hey, if you've got HBO Max, by the way, like all of it's on there. Seriously, like almost all of it. I th- I'm sure like some of the like the the actual deep cuts are like not on there, but I, all the ones I recognized, I'm like, yeah, it's like twenty to thirty of them. We can look at that later. Yeah, I realize now that I haven't seen a good section of Hayao Miyazaki <laughs> movies. We can fix that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is the whole podcast won't be us being nostalgic, but most of it will. Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> this is also not just a nostalgic movie podcast. It is an alcoholic podcast. Disclaimer, please drink responsibly. And I don't know, hydrate. <laughs> yeah, and eat some carbs or something beforehand. Yeah, get like a, a like nice little charcuterie tray. Ooh, That'd always. <laughs> you don't even need to drink for that. No, yeah, you don't you need can... no reason for charcuterie. And there's the tagline. <laughs> um, so we have a cocktail um, that my friend Molly from Wales uh, gave us. Hey, cheers! <laughs> uh, we I make specific mention of Wales because in the book that's sort of a... Uh, plot point Wales yes I won't go into any more detail but um it's a red dragon um which includes things like gin <laughs> <Yum>. Cointreau <laughs> red <laughs> red dragon yum <laughs> uh I'm keeping that in <laughs> um so the red dragon has um Red Dragon after, like, the, the Welsh flag, not after the um, Hannibal book. Okay, thank you for explaining that. Little... <laughs> oh, they're hog wild for Mr. Lecter and, and his uh, fun tricks. Uh, uh. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we make dumb jokes even without trying, folks. Or drinking. Or drinking. <laughs> this drink has gin, Cointreau. Uh, or any other sort of like orange liqueur, uh, lemon juice, grenadine, um, and then blood orange juice. I don't have any blood orange juice, uh, so I just put orange juice. Um, we we did um, sort of play around with the proportions of that because if we were to drink the exact directions that Molly gave us, we would be uh, one over sugared and two dead by the time we got to halfway. Dead. <laughs> Pretty booze heavy, remember? I were like, because like, in the um, original, it was like one ounce of each. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be like, more like Park Daily than like highball We'll give you guys like uh, the, the recipes on the on the Twitter um, and the pictures. Ooh, I gotta take pictures. The drinking game that we are playing tonight has a couple of rules. Yay. We love rules. <laughs> I like structure. I feel comfort in this. <laughs> predictability it gives me a sense of stability whatever happened to predictability <laughs> the milkman the even tv uh <laughs> everywhere you look everywhere. <laughs> so certainly none of this is listenable right <laughs> absolutely not what are those drinking game rules so for tonight's drinking game the rules are drink anytime anyone says sophie Anytime anyone goes through the castle door, anytime you see top hats, which is a <laughs> questionable rule. This is like set in like the like yes, 1800s. About that time. Yeah. <laughs> During the uh, times. Oh, those times. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of top hats abound. Anytime turnip head shows up, anytime that howl changes form. And as a bonus of, I don't know how many drinks, but at this like, point, should we even count? No. <laughs> it's like 80 or 90, I think. Ooh, drink anytime someone says howl. Great. So, <laughs> good luck us. And you, the viewer. L- listen, listening viewer. See me. 
See, see, see through your earbuds, Air, earbuds, AirPods. Oh, this is going great. <laughs> I view most of my life through the movie earbuds. So. I view most of your life through the movie. Airbuds. And we're adding that to the list. <laughs> good, good. Look forward to Airbud coming to podcast services near you. All right, and without further ado, uh, touch that dial and go through the door with us to the land of Housley Castle. Cheers. Cheers. Solomon. <laughs> Solomon. And we're back. And we're here. We are. At about the halfway point that we've imagined. Okay, we're an hour in. Yeah. Right after Sophie and the Witch of the Waste have climbed the steps to the castle yeah. of King Solomon. Is it King's name Solomon or mm. the magic lady Solomon? You see, this is just about where I get it mixed up with <laughs> the book. So, <laughs> Because later he comes in like, Solomon! It's like me coming in like, Sammy! Hey! <laughs> Well, where do we want to start a discussion? How about with the beginning of the movie? All right, yeah. Which starts, uh, you look like where, where hell pops up? The very beginning of the movie. Very beginning. Starts off with Sophie in the hat shop. Right. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this scene. In both the book and the movie, I feel like there's really uh, good kind of showcases her self-deprecation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, she, um... I I feel like doesn't have like a strong like like sense of self like she doesn't have like wants and like needs for herself as much as like I need to do this for like the people around me. Absolutely. She's kind of almost a blank slate, mm -hmm. which uh, I don't know, really kind of shows what she feels about herself. They make it pretty evident through her words and like expression just how much she really dislikes herself in those moments where she's like putting on a hat and examining herself in the mirror and then she doesn't she tries to act happy or cute and she doesn't believe it uh pouts off mm -hmm. the way that she, the juxtaposition between her and the other uh, employees of the hat shop who are all excited about uh like gossip they're talking about i think going out Talking about Howl. Talking about Howl and how cute he is and how taken they are with just the idea, the fantasy of a beautiful man wanting for you. Mm hmm And she decides to remain in. She keeps to herself and she doesn't really like believe that there's anything to be wanted in her other than her usefulness. And she's very quickly corrected, um, I don't know, in the next scene? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the worst of ways. Yeah, not like in a in a cool, like, oh, I want this to happen. Like, she gets creeped on by two soldiers um, and rescued by Howell. Howell. <laughs> uh, Love that air walking scene. It's good. <laughs> oh, my God. It's beautiful. Just the fantasy and the fairy tale of this movie. It's just beautiful. The lack of dialogue in certain scenes and the uh, attention to detail in the backgrounds god the backgrounds yeah we have a whole um basically a list of things that i mean definitely that apply to all miyazaki movies but like that we really liked out of this one um things like the backgrounds um the music all almost all by joe hisaishi uh the food. Should we talk about Ghibli food? Always. <laughs> Ghibli food is always mesmerizing. I could be completely stuffed and I see a block of damn cheese in there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, 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 Even please. just the fucking loaves of bread. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I work with bread all day long. <laughs> okay. And I don't want for, I don't lust for bread as I do when I watch a Miyazaki film. True that. It's, I mean, on the one hand, like, it's easy to like joke about like you'll see posts on social media like oh but the food and anime though um and you can be like yeah we've made that observation several times but like the food and anime though 
and specifically Ghibli movies. Like it's pretty good. I think it's a fine observation. Yeah, this isn't even like a spirited away like buffet scene, and it's still some old ass eggs and bread and bacon on a table, and it somehow hasn't it. gone bad. Okay, that's a special kind of magic that I wish I possessed. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This guy just leaves out eggs. Oh, eggs, I understand. If they're uh, if the chickens are like treated and they're not pasteurized, you're fine. You're fine. But the bacon, come on, that's not cured. I don't think is it. I don't know. There's no trust. He's a wizard. He could do whatever he wants. <laughs> like curing bacon. I'm the. <laughs> I'm the great. <laughs> I've wizard. invented salt. <laughs> <laughs> salt wizard is, is. I could get into that. Yeah, and then there's also um, just on the topic of Miyazaki things we have voice actors voice actors very good I especially like the uh, Christian Bale screaming as Howl when he <laughs> discovers that his hair is his hair potions have been messed with that's a brilliant scene yeah I could I could dig that uh, that plus the like bedroom scene that follows <laughs> I we were talking about this <laughs> and I do have uh, in my notes the green slime depression <laughs> green slime depression we've all been there yeah, truly um, if you have allergies you get that <laughs> uh, I liked it because it's like um, like definitely like we were talking it, um, it is played for laughs pretty heavily but i think it's a it's a pretty honest like depiction of what it's like to watch someone else go through a depressive thing because it can like i mean depression is sort of inherently um nonsensical a bit so you see it's almost like from sophie's perspective the comedy like ah how's just being a, a drama queen and and this is this is all very vain and frivolous but then like almost like in the bedroom scene like to like follow that up he almost is like, man, I'm the worst. Like, I, like, my, like he's very. He's like, an almost. He literally says, "I hate how scared I am and how cowardly I am." Yeah, he's. But there's nothing I can do to change it. And I love how Sophie just rolls her eyes. Like, uh huh. Nothing you can do. Which is actually like one of my favorite parts about Sophie's character in this movie: how she'll encounter all these people that are going through problems, turn a head. Uh obviously is cursed as something she has mm-hmm. no idea what but something's cursed with him and the first thing she does when she meets him is basically eh, you don't want to follow me or hang out with me i'm going to meet some witches and wizards which you probably had enough with so why don't you go and hang out in a field somewhere and kind of forget all about this nonsense um with Howell, whenever he is magnificently upset about something or just completely taking things out of context um or adding uh, flair and drama and tantrum to a situation uh she really uh gives him flack for it or even the witch of the waste when they are climbing the steps she what does she say to her something about uh, oh yeah yeah when they're climbing the steps and uh, the witch of the waste is obviously having a super difficult time and just literally melting she tells her if it's too hard for you why don't you just give up go home there's no shame in that this is taking you like it's toll on you where in comparison she's going to great lengths to try and figure out why she's cursed and trying to figure out how to break her own curse like she's not in her own situation she's not just sitting down and taking it she kind of thinks she is i think yeah it's she she is like the whole movie is paints a very like I think vivid picture of Sophie being like way too adult and and Howl is being way too childish. Uh and I think you see that um in like those specific scenes as like almost it's like a the 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 a combination of like compartmentalization of like ah you can just put these problems away and then go do something else and like almost toxic positivity of like May or maybe not toxic positivity. Like it's it's compartmentalization and setting like a different standard for herself that she than she expects from other people. Like Absolutely. I mean, and that goes along with the uh themes in the book where all of Sophie's magic is basically belief based. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's going on in the characters 
problems in this film is it's all kind of belief based. Like Howell very much thinks that he has a control over his over his life, but he does so by like avoiding the problems. He thinks because he is being active in it that he is doing something about it. He's really not doing much to achieve means to any ends with his problems. Whereas Sophie doesn't think that she has any capability whatsoever to solve her problems. She's just got to lie down and take it. However, in perfect contrast to that, she is going places. She is going out of her comfort zone in all instances in this movie and actually visibly making strides to break her own curse. Like you watch her um, unfolding quite literally as well. Um, into the person that she actually is. Mm -hmm. She starts to look younger. I love the way that they visibly show her start to look younger. Her back straightens up. She needs her cane less. Her uh, wrinkles will start to disappear and her hair will start to lengthen. It's very good. It's it's just nice. It's just nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I specifically love the scene where like she's looking out over the balcony. Just like looking at pretty things and then you can see her visibly like in an instant like ah you look 20 years younger god when she gets so excited yes uh -huh. oh let us not forget really quickly um about the dog. the dog we were recently introduced to the dog which is just about my favorite character in this whole film <laughs> i have two corgis and this is exactly how they act this just, is corgi representation it is they're just huffy and they need as much help as they could get and attention. Kind of deserve it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Also, one thing we should note is we definitely did have to refill our drinks. Yes, we did. Because... Mm, about halfway through the first part. Yeah, almost like it was almost exactly uh, a quarter, like around half an hour. Um, because there's a lot of... Uh, Dog, there's a lot of top hats. There's a lot of top hats. Um, which, which brings me sort of to the check-in point, like... Uh, how are we booze wise? Like, how, um, scale of one to ten, drunk wise, how are you? Like a five to seven. Mm. I'm at like a four to five, but what? also, <laughs> but also I'm sitting down. Like we we basically just been sitting. So, what am I doing right now? Standing handstands. Yeah, I don't, yeah just the kickflips and the. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kelsey's <laughs> cartwheeling throughout the room doing this and podcasting. I think it's impressive. I'm a man of many talents. <laughs> I don't know. I I I feel it a lot more like when I'm up and moving. Um, so, Makes sense. So we have been adding in uh, drinking to the howl rule. Yeah. Uh, which, again, I don't know how many that adds. Yeah, good, 50, good couple. Sixty, hundred, like eighty to ninety. Jesus. I know. Swept. Um. And so will I by the end of this film. Oh. We by the end of this film. We will we. <laughs> um, any other thoughts before we go into the final act? I really like Markle's little chicken hair tuft. <laughs> it's adorable. Okay? It looks like a little ducktail. And I like just everything Billy Crystal's doing. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> God, what a good just voice cast. Oh, I, yeah, we did want to talk about it. Did we talk about the voice cast? We did yet? talk about the voice we cast. We did. Good job, but us. let us talk about Calcifer. <laughs> so maybe it's maybe four to five was an understatement. <laughs> um, but yes, let's talk about Calcifer. Good boy, very good boy, <laughs> very well drawn. My God, some of the best animation. Like I, yes. Anytime I'm like, sort of in the mood for a new tattoo, like the the constant thought is like, hey, what if I go to Howl's Moving Castle tattoo? Mm. So I'll like look on Instagram or Tumblr and see like, hey, what's whatever, what's everyone else doing for their Howl's Moving Castle tattoo? Calcifer. And it's almost always Calcifer or 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 the um the scorch marks that get put on the table. Yeah, that would be a fucking good <laughs> one. Good though. One. <laughs> but also, it'd be like it's basically just the the Wicked Witch of the West being like, no. West. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on now, you mix and shot. I'll get you, my pretty. <laughs> Which, you know her the, sister was named Ding Dong? The Witch of the East? West or the Waste? Of the East. Oh. You know, Ding Dong, the witch is dead. I'm gonna 
Hey, if anyone wants to co-host a podcast with me, hit me up. I'm at Dr. VMD on Twitter. The bar is so low. <laughs> I guess I'm currently homeless. But loving it. Um, the Witch of the Waste. Witch of the Waste. Yeah, it's just her being like, yo, fuck you, on the table. Wait, you saw this in a tattoo? No, I mean, the meaning of the, like, your heart will soon belong to me. That whole speech is, like, her being like, yo, you suck, dog. You're right. <laughs> On a tattoo that just says, you fuck off, you beautiful bitch. <laughs> so, anyway, basically, if anyone has any good Howl's Moving Castle tattoo ideas. Let's get one together. Let's. We probably will. <laughs> All of us. All of us. You, you me, you. the listener. <laughs> Nate, I know you edit this shit also. Get, get, get in. Um, also, quick thank you to Nathan Norman Brandt for uh, d- doing audio magic on on this thing to make it just sound very good. I do the I do the the content editing. Nate does the the audio popidness. So thank you. And I do the content. Uh, you do the content. We yeah. At least a good solid majority. Half. half. <laughs> All the good content, anyway. Where were we? Anywhere? No. We're here. We're here. In this moment. In this moment. About to embark on the second half of this film. We sure are. And which we should probably get back to so that we have more to talk about. Absolutely. We will see you in... Now. In about 50-some minutes. And, well, yeah, 50-some minutes for us. Now for you. Oh. Oh, we just walked through a doorway, didn't we? Ding, 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 <gasps> yeah. <laughs> da, 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 I don't know how to do the bass to that. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hello. It's us. It's still us. It's never not been us. It's always been us all three episodes us so we finished the movie we did we got there we did let's start by talking about our alcohol levels intoxicated many it's a lot boy howdy we had to make a few drinks for this i don't know if it's how many times did we go up to one two at least three times so so what like if not four, four drinks, then? Uh, uh, like yeah. one per quarter, right? I think. I mean, yeah. I usually take pretty... I've been trying to manage my drink, my uh, sip intake. I think you did a pretty good job this time. Oh, thank you. I think we... I think I outpaced you a couple times. You did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we... Uh, not this last bit, No, but... this one. This I took the baby sips on this one. Also, I spent a lot of this last bit crying, so I think I missed a couple. <laughs> um, you know, if the movie's good enough, you're going to miss a couple of the drink uh, prompts. Yeah. Um, and that's got to be okay. You miss 100% of the shots you weep through. That's, that's a Michael Jordan um, quote. <laughs> Maybe. Thanks, big guy. Probably. Yeah. No, I... I, I he, he, you can go to the bank with that. Yeah, he was. He, you can go to the bank and be like, "Hey, I was in Space Jam." I think. They're like, "All right, I'll write that <laughs> off then." <laughs> Here you um, go, full ten dollars in check. <laughs> yeah, I think we 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 had a like, yeah, finished our drinks about around about the same time. Um, for the most part, this time I think we're getting better at it. We're oh. getting we're getting. I would say drink compatible. <laughs> Podcast name. I think I just did the Nat Geo. Is that, I thought you were giving us original content. No, that's all ADHD brain, baby. 
So yeah, we had a few drinks. We had a few drinks. We're, uh, drunk. we're hoping you did as well. Responsibly. Yeah. Safely. Joyfully. And hydrate. Remember to hydrate. Probably a few tears. Yeah. Yeah, if anything, I sort of dehydrated there a little bit. Mm. <laughs> but God, the end of the movie. I mean... Good movie. The last half of this movie, let's see, we pick up from the castle. We did. Where they talk to... Solomon! <laughs> God. That is one of my favorite scenes. Howell comes in uh, disguised as Solomon, all poised and proper. Oh, I mean, he says he wasn't like, I wasn't even trying to hide. Yeah, right. In the beginning, he was trying. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he's all like, mm, war, war never changes. Right. <laughs> Quick observation, I want to drink with the king. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he'd probably be fun at a pub. Yeah, we should get that guy on, on this podcast. Yeah, give him a ring, why yeah. don't you? <laughs> so war, actually, yeah, we could talk about war. Turns out war actually doesn't change. Yeah, uh, and it's... Um... At least not in Hayao Miyazaki films. And by <laughs> that I mean, well, he has a distinct distaste for it. Yeah, I don't think he's super keen on the idea. wonder why. He okay. Uh, um, I was doing a little bit of like background reading on the movie. Um, so like the we'll talk about the difference between differences between the book and the movie uh, probably pretty soon. But the the movie was decidedly more war focused, and mm-hmm. be- because of that, Hayao Miyazaki was like, "This isn't gonna do well in America because this was two thousand four, um, and we were at like the height of the Iraq War." Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and actually, let, let me just do a quick. Uh, Check and see how it did commercially. In Japan, I know that it broke um, box office Good. Uh, expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the most successful uh, films in Japanese history for financial reasons. Um, for financial reasons. Or, I, it's you, on, on, yeah, I'd take it. Rather, rather on, a, on, a, on a financial level. What line. else? <laughs> um, da, da, da. Box office. U.S. box office. Though. Fine. It did fine, but like, yeah. I know that um, because of the movie, there was a huge resurgence in interest into the original book. Definitely, yes. That's why. That's. I mean, I I read the book two two years ago. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because that was about when I re-listened to the audio book. Yeah. Well, re-listened. I listened to it for the first time. Really well done, by the way. Mm-hmm. Howell has a whole Welsh scene in that, and it is so well done. Howell. Howell. Oh, I, I can't I can't do a Welsh accent to save my life, but I can do one word, and it is I will. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a huge resurgence in the interest in the book, which uh, I think got it an award, like the Phoenix got the book award. an award mm-hmm. for basically it was basically like comeback award. Oh, that's cool! Like, I don't know if there was awards for that. I made it up. I, <laughs> I mean, did it deserve it? Yes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, you deserve your own made-up award. It's a good book. And on that note, Jones's reaction to the movie was actually pretty spectacular, uh, I guess. Uh, I, I would consider it so. So when Jones saw the movie, uh, I know that it was reported that she... Really liked the, what was it? One of her favorite scenes. The falling which, star. The falling star scene. That was one of her favorite scenes, which. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That is one of the best scenes in the movie. It's such a touching and like tender moment. You really see, uh, you get to see Howell as a child uh, forge the bond between uh, himself and Calcifer. And before, uh, I had even reread the book. I read this book as a child. It was one of my favorites. Um, but like, oh my God, I was a well-read child, I guess. I've, I've read a lot of books, okay? <laughs> By the time I got around back to this movie, it's kind of hard to parse which parts are movie and which parts are book. But with the uh, background of the book, you really get some of the uh, intention of that scene. And the contract that is made between Howell and Calcifer is so well shown in that part. Him, like, ingesting Calcifer, the falling star. I mean, like, Jesus Christ. One hot, hot thing. 
That's brave. Gonna burn your tongue for days. It's gonna last for a couple days. You're not gonna be able to taste shit. It's gonna be a little bit sad. It's like, it's it's like that that good um, hot pocket, not hot pocket. What's the one? No, I think you're right on that. It's like that good it's hot not, pocket where it's not good you hot get pocket. it right out. Of, well, no, exactly. <laughs> the pizza. The roll. good the good hot pocket will still burn. Yeah, but like emotionally. It's both. Yeah, and spiritually. You take the first bite and it burns everything going down. I and was, you immediately regret. I was but think, then you keep eating it for some reason. And then you feel a bond between you and the hot pocket. Uh, and it lasts about as far as the bathroom. And <laughs> I meant to say pizza roll, but you took. we went on a whole journey that's much better. <laughs> uh, good. Um... And that's yeah. during the scene uh, where Sophie kind of, uh, Sophie goes through the uh, uh, the door that is on the uh, black color and kind of goes into his past to see this happening to him, forging the contract. But it was really a gorgeous scene. I love the way that uh, they animate the magic in this movie. That is one of my all-time favorites. It goes along with the uh, sound design for me in this film. Every single time uh, magic is activated, you hear like this, uh, like a, I guess, tinkling. Yeah. Uh, what would they be? I, I don't know how. To, I, I I'm picturing it, but I can't quite describe. Besides tinkling, it's the it's the crinkle tink. Hey, if, the crinkle if, tinkle. If y'all watch the, or listen to the Adventure Zone, the crinkle tinkles from like the the. Well, if you listen to the Adventure Zone, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the crinkle tinkles is what I'm thinking of for um. Anytime, ah. anytime you see like the, especially the the falling stars flash across the screen, like I just got the, this. Yeah, the chime noise that plays with the falling stars. Or that um, buzzing noise that plays when the henchmen of the Witch of the Waste walk across the perimeter of the castle uh, and they kind of like fizz out of existence. Oh, yeah. Um, even when the uh, witch is in the room where she gets her magic taken away from her and that like electrified buzz that starts up, the sound design that goes along really really fantastic in this and the fact that the whole well most of the fire most of the uh falling star scene happens without much dialogue at least when it focuses on the falling stars and how there's really a lot of exposition storytelling and it's beautiful but that was one of uh, jones's favorite scenes short story long and uh i know that also, what was another favorite scene of hers? It was she the... really liked the way that Calcifer was done. Oh as yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Good. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. The uh, part where they're moving the castle and Calcifer turns all blue and red, the um, kind of reminiscent of the design of the yeah. book on the front cover of the book. <laughs> it's very good. I, 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 I saw the book cover and I thought, oh, this looks familiar. But I thought, ah, that I guess it just looks like Haunter from Pokemon. <laughs> You're not wrong though. Oh, I'd yeah. catch that Pokemon. Okay, but if that was Haunter shiny, oh my, oh my god, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I get back into Pokemon Go real quick. Dear Game Freak, <laughs> I know this isn't yours, but <laughs> dear Game Freak, it's me, Margaret, or whatever the book is. Are you there, God? It's me game freak i don't know i don't i don't know i don't write books <laughs> i just listen to them <laughs> i don't write books i just work here <laughs> yes calcifer very well done um the other scene i think that um we talked about her loving a lot was when the castle fell apart oh yeah <laughs> i mean the castle design itself was gorgeous and mm -hmm. uh, a very like i don't know honestly i know it was supposed to be creepy to me it was kind of cute i agree yeah it's got a mouth and like a face it's got emotions is how's moving castle a kaiju or is it a jaeger Ooh, a jaeger is piloted right by two 
two uh, entities, By right? Two, oh my god. Yeah, so we cracked the code. We found we found All right, never mind. We know what this movie's actually about. This is going to be a running bit, I think, of us finding a kaiju or a Jaeger in every movie we watch. Locked in. Locked in. I'm taking it. Drift synced or whatever it is. Drift sync? Dripping Hold sink. Hold on, I gotta go wash this <laughs> my drift sink. Uh, and I know the end of the movie is much different than the end of the book. Uh, actually, about the halfway point is when everything starts to change. Uh, harkening back to the beginning of this last segment, the war, for example, that's going strong in the entirety of the movie. And in the book, that is... Uh, everything's leading up to that. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they 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 didn't start the war yet, did Mm-mm. they? No, it was all um, efforts to stop it or start it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the book um, felt more like um, interpersonal drama than mm-hmm. like the uh, big um, catastrophic, fem- catastrophic like national thematic sort of things. Yeah. Um, Which uh, that's kind of like a Ghibli. Yeah. Theme. So I understand why they took it that way. Yeah. And honestly, again, no flack. Right. Enjoyed it either way. Anytime Hayao Miyazaki can can rope in environmentalism or anti-war <laughs> and shit, like yeah. So when he was writing like uh, um, Princess Mononoke, I'm sure he was having the time of his goddamn <laughs> life. This is everything. <laughs> this is a good day for Hayao. <laughs> Got it in one. <laughs> but no, I think I actually think um, as we were watching this. Uh, this time the energy of like the actual like the last like scene like the red the resolution um was pretty similar to the uh the book because in the book um hal and sophie are looking at each other everyone's Mm. talking about their various things and they're like um what's the line i think we should live happily ever after ah yes would you like to live happily ever after Mm. Something along that. Yeah, it's Uh, it's adorable. Basically, asking each other like live the rest of their weird lives with each other. Yeah, in the midst of all this chaos, it's (laughs) so good. Yeah, and I like that's part of the thing I really loved about this movie in its entirety. Even the uh, differences in plot Mm -hmm. that happened, uh, the tone of it felt pretty similar throughout the. Uh, in comparison yeah yeah in comparison yeah because like uh the even though like the the events leading up to the conclusion were i think dramatically different like it's still hal and sophie having a private conversation while like everyone else around them is like hey we should resolve this whole war business huh honestly yeah (laughs) hey are you gonna do anything about all this not now okay i've got relationship shit going on (laughs) which fair I like the scene where um, Sophie's mom shows up again after like... I was like, just thinking about that. <laughs> Drink compatible. Mm. <laughs> um, where Sophie's mom shows up, leaves like a little bag of goodies. Um, <sighs> um, and To put it lightly. Right. Um, and she's she's like, ah, I have, I have this new husband. I have this new like income. I have... I, Sorry, just imagining her walking in. I have a new husband, <laughs> and here are some gifts for you. <laughs> now I take my leave after witnessing my old elder daughter. <laughs> Back to my car. <laughs> Jeeves, away. away with me. <laughs> I mean, basically. Yeah, that's honestly the scene. <laughs> she, yeah, it, like she shows up, has like I don't know, thirty seconds of a nice moment, mm-hmm. and then is like, all right, bye, deuces. And I, I I really like that as a moment of growth for Sophie because her whole thing before was no sense of self. I'm just here to like help my family. Um, now she's like, oh, I've got a pretty good thing going here. I've got a nice fan. I've got my own family. I've got my own like wants and desires. So I'm going to I'm going to stick around here. And like, I it's, it's nice to see you, mom. But like, I don't I don't need you to be around for or I don't need to be around you even. She was really able to look at the moment critically. It yes. was really nice. Yeah. Uh not in without any sort of self-deprecation or uh harm to herself mm. even. 
that was a moment that really could have probably in the beginning of the movie would have made her doubt of herself a lot. Yeah. But Markle was talking to her about uh, not wanting her to leave for not wanting Sophie to leave for her mother. And she responds with. uh basically saying that she doesn't feel like she needs to go with her that you know that it'd be nice to see her and it was was nice for her to come to visit she even makes a remark of uh the fact that she came to visit was nice yeah it's like a nice thought yeah, yeah that she thought to come visit was nice kind of implying that like that's something that happens once in a blue moon but that's not often that's not a reoccurring theme with her to think of others so the fact that that was kind of like water off a duck's back for her character growth yeah also immediately after that um the witch of the waste goes through that baggie finds a spy murders it by burning it alive and then smokes a big fat joint and i think that was really cool that's poetic Finds a spy, murders it, smokes a big blunt. What? If James Bond was like that, I would watch every goddamn Holy movie they put shit, out. Yes. Stoner James Blunt? Uh, I'll forget James, about it. Sorry, James who? <laughs> I just invented a new James Bond. Isn't And he's a musician. Hold on, he just he just points the he does the whole point the gun at the camera and it's like You're, You're beautiful <laughs> <laughs> And then <laughs> My life is brilliant <laughs> oh, My weed is choice <laughs> <laughs> Um <laughs> I yeah, I do like the the wicked witch of the wastes. It's not even the wicked witch, is it? It's just the witch of the waste. The witch of the waste. It's just the witch of the waste. I, I like, like her, her shit. I like her growth too. Like she was like very like dead set. Like she's very howl focused at the beginning and like middle of the movie, but like later on she's like, eh. nah. Like it's she she realizes that like I think she dog. I don't know if it's growth. I think it's that she gets so weak and so unable that she's just like eh whatever i, I mean like she, ra- it's kind of like when you watch your parents get old and then eventually they're like i guess i'll just sit around and smoke weed and not do anything possibly that but also like she it was such a like um there was effort into this into this like pursuit of how uh like to the point where she almost like shits the bed for everyone um but then True, at, at the, the very end at the end she's like all right like i still want this but like you either like talking to Sophie, like you either want it more or like you're going to do better things with it. So I'm going to give it to you because I think you're the better person for this. And I think that, I think that's probably growth enough for her. I think she's, yeah, enough for her. Yeah. Cause I think she's also <laughs> kind of like the person that's not really going to fight back when she can admit that somebody else is wanting more than she is right although i did love the scene where she catches on fire like if she goes through enough for that hmm (laughs) that was a good scene that Mm. was a beautiful scene oh man and ending off with uh like the end of the movie with this most like quotable lines ever what is Mm. it a heart's Heart's a heavy heavy burden burden. (laughs) and how sophie comments on it being so what like it like flutters like a bird and calcifer saying well yeah it's the heart of a child (gasps) got me why don't you over here and then her placing it into howl very good oh my god which like not to be not to bring it back on to the book again but um bring it back (laughs) in, in the very beginning of the book calcifer trusts sophie to be the one to break the curse because he realizes that her power is in belief and in bringing life to things and that this would be a difficult curse to break and a difficult transition of taking Howell's heart from Calcifer and placing it back into his body. But because she has the ability to essentially like through belief, give life that he trusts her to be able to perform this, uh, transplant. 
Basically. Yeah, right? I'd say. And she does. And it's beautiful. And then Howell wakes up. And he complains about it being so... What There's this like weight in my chest. A heart's a heavy burden. <sighs> and I'm over here crying onto my cardigan. <laughs> again? Again. Your cardigan? <laughs> my cardigan again. It's just a lovely movie. This is like... Like one of my like, it's on my short list of like emotional support movies. Like if I want to watch something that just makes me feel good, yeah, it's this one. Oh, absolutely! This is a feel good. Yeah, and I love how in the very very end of it, um, they're shown riding off on the castle. Sophie and Howell are all huggy, kissy, Titanic moment at the Titanic moment. Oh, yeah, you mean the like middle the, bit of the Titanic, not the... Not the end where she's all like, I'll never let you go. And then like, but then, shit, bye. Yeah, <laughs> you or me, later. babe. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Um, Where she, where they're at like the bow mm-hmm. of the boat of the castle. It's in the sky. Sky boat. And right. that harkens to the second book, Castle in the Air, some nonsense like that. Have you read that or? Yes, I ah, read that one as well. How is it? Very good. Uh, it's an indirect, indirect, direct sequel. It focuses on other characters okay. besides so- Sophie and Howell. Uh, characters that we saw, or nope. okay, read new. Because I think I read in like the Wikipedia that like someone shows up in the third book. Uh, one of the people that we know, like either Howell or Sophie. One of the people. One of the one people. Of the people. They show up both of them. Oh, okay, got you, got you. Read the book, watch the movie. Everybody's going to have their favorite and their dislike. Obviously, the movie left out some stuff. Changed a lot of stuff. Um, Or or flip side, if you're coming from the movie to the book, it might not be at all comprehensible to you or comparable to the movie, so you might not love it as much. But I will say that although they are different, Jones really seemed to the late and great. Seem to respect, oh yeah, 2011, baby. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jones really seemed to respect Miyazaki's take on the book. Um, and I actually have her quoted here that she says, Miyazaki understood my books in a way no one else ever has done. If you love someone enough, all sorts of extraordinary things happen in your surroundings as well. And you can achieve great things even if the world falls to pieces around you. It is, if you like, a sort of form of wizardry. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I think that's kind of beautiful. I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> Joke's on you, we're both crying. We're both crying. It's the theme of the podcast. <laughs> I think that's lovely. So everyone's valid. When it concerns this book and movie. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> All of their circumstances up for convention. Yeah. Well. I think it's a pretty good note to end it on. Absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in again for third installment. Yes. Um, tune in next week for... The Desert Alive documentary. <laughs> I'm Sammy. And I'm Kelsey. And this is Drink Compatible. Thanks, we love you. Goodbye.